Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Imperial Beverage Presents Another Round. Today, I'm joined by Shelby from Grand Traverse Distillery. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shelby. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, So let's go ahead and kick it off with a little bit of introduction. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Grand Traverse and uh, really just kind of how did you get here? Yeah, so I started actually bartending at our tasting room downtown on Front Street. And I ended up managing that for about four years. And I just took over for Mike. So I'm now the director of retail operations for Grand Traverse Distillery. So I'm uh, overseeing all the other tasting rooms now. Travel a lot for events, you know, and just getting our product out there and making sure people are aware of our company and what we're all about. So absolutely. So like tastings, stuff like that. Yep. So we have tasting. So at our actual distillery, we can do the full-blown tour. We'll walk you through how we make each and every one of our products. And we have a tasting uh, bar as well. So you can try our products. Our location downtown on Front Street in particular, you can do tastings, but we have a full-blown cocktail bar as well. So we do craft cocktails with all of our spirits. So it's, it's an interesting and unique dynamic that we have here. For sure. It sounds like a unique position. Yeah. It's a fun job. It's a fun job. For sure. I think Grand Traverse Distillery has kind of a unique history and background. The founder became acutely aware of his grandfather making use of uh, old grain stuff that was kind of set aside on their family farm. And he led his life, right? And did his his whole business career and eventually kind of came home in that sense and started distilling himself. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yep. So Kent is the owner and his grandpa's name was George and he had a farm out in uh, Pinconning and he found a still out there and he just, you know, one day decided he wanted to start distilling his own uh, liquor. And so that's exactly what he did. And he started this company and he's been through a lot of loopholes to get it to where it is now. Our old George rye whiskey, he named that after his, uh, his grandpa. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. We're established in 2006. We're actually the oldest craft distillery in the state of Michigan. And a lot of people don't know that either. Ah, okay. So, okay. So 2006. Well, yeah. that means you guys have your 20 year anniversary coming up in a couple of years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we are actually. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. That is exciting to think about. So you guys have a very full lineup. And I think one of the big things that you guys really stand out with is using um, local cherries. Grand Traverse has a yeah. lot of cherries. Yes. Uh, Our, we don't just use local cherries. We use local grains as well. One of the things that we take pride in as a company is trying to use all local resources to put into this business to make our products. The majority of the bottles that we have of our spirits, we're able to put the Pure Michigan logo on it. And that basically states that over 80% of what we put into making this product, we get from the state of Michigan. And I don't, I don't know of any other distillery that can put that label on their bottles. That's fantastic. I know that recently there was a bill passed by Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, I was actually there. She signed it in our tasting room and I got to shake her hand. And yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good day for us. That's amazing. Yeah. I, we saw the photos come across and we saw kind of the, the. I mean, they're they're high quality photos and it was a big event, uh, but it was, it's been very, it was very exciting news, but it's also been very impactful on the community as a whole when it comes to Michigan distilling. There's yeah. a lot of people that are very excited about it. Yeah. And so 
since you brought that up, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes in the distilling industry. So with us, we we don't like to outsource our booze, right? So we make everything ourselves from start to finish. The only thing that we outsource is going to be a portion of our cherry whiskey. Other than that, we do make everything. Whereas most distilleries, they will get all of their products from, you know, Indiana or MGP, I believe it is. So essentially they get their stuff pre-made and they'll bottle it and slap their label on it and say they made it. And we we don't like to do that. We we actually like to be able to promote that, you know, we age, mash, ferment, distill, bottle all of our products right here at our distillery in Traverse City. What yeah. would you say are the best selling spirits that you guys uh, produce? Well, our cherry vodka, I would say, is our best seller by far. I believe last year we sold over 22,000 bottles of it. And then our cherry whiskey would be runner up. We sold about 16,000 bottles last year. And then our third would definitely be our bourbon. That's fantastic. Yeah. And we're able to now put the bottled in bonds label on our bourbon as well, which is awesome. It goes back to, you know, we like to make our products from start to finish at our facility. So bottled and bond is, it was an act that was made in 1897. So it's all about whiskey. And so essentially they made some guidelines onto what makes a product. I mean, I can just read it from the little definition of it. Bottled and bond act of 1897. It was enacted because of a widespread adulteration in American whiskey. So to be labeled as a bottled and bond, the liquor has to be the product of one distillation season at one distillery. And it has to be aged in a federally bonded warehouse under U.S. government supervision for at least four years and bottled at 100 proof. And all the milling, the mashing, the distillation, barrel aging and bottling has to be done by that distillery in particular. So that's the big thing. You do not see a lot of products out there with the bottled and bond label. So it's nice that we're able to do that and we can actually prove and show that, you know, we do make our stuff and we're proud of what we do. That's a great stamp that you're able to put on there. And when you're able to support the community around you, that's that's big. That's big for Michigan economics, but it's also big for the community and keeping it local, enjoying local beverages. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that the the number one best selling would be the cherry vodka. Yes, absolutely. So our cherry vodka, you get it in fifths. It's 40% alcohol, so it's 80 proof. Essentially, we make our own cherry extract using local cherries and we add cocoa nibs into it. It's our wheat vodka, essentially. So it's wheat vodka based. and um, No potatoes. No potatoes. Nope. This is strictly wheat vodka. And it doesn't have like a fake marshino flavor to it, which a lot of people, you know, get really turned off by. It's amazing in lemonade. I personally love it in a chocolate covered cherry martini. Or a Moscow Mule is really good, or a vodka sour. I mean, you, the list goes on. You can you can do so many things creative with this liquor in particular. So yeah, it's got that unique cherry essence uh, and a little hint of chocolate at the end. That's very cool. Everyone on premise accounts can do a lot with that. They can play a lot with it. Oh yeah. Anything that you guys did in a tasting room once that worked. I mean, really we've done. Well? I mean, we do all of those. Our cherry vodka lemonade by far sells. It is the number one drink in our tasting rooms that sell. That's how I get a lot of people to buy it. I mean, during the summer, it's an easy, refreshing drink. It's People can just buy it, buy a thing of lemonade, and they can make it at home just like that. You know, you don't have to be a fancy bartender to work with our spirits. So we kind of really try and emphasize that. Love that. And then the cherry whiskey, right? 
Yeah. So cherry whiskey is actually kind of the opposite of our cherry vodka. So um, like our cherry vodka is super cherry forward. Um, Our cherry whiskey is actually going to be more subtle and at the end, and it's going to be more of a tart natural cherry flavor at the end. And it's it's not going to be like your your fake sugary flavor either, because I'm really weird about drinking whiskey and having it be taste just too sweet, sugary. It doesn't, you know what I mean? To me, that's not a whiskey. I don't want to drink that whiskey. But so our cherry whiskey is, is a nice, subtle sweetness to it. It's not overbearing by any means. It is technically a bourbon. So it's a bourbon style whiskey. But a lot of people don't know this either. Once you add any type of flavoring into a, a bourbon, you can't legally label it a bourbon anymore. So it is a bourbon style, but we we say it's a cherry flavored whiskey, essentially. Gotcha. Interesting. Yes. Uh, fitting within that regulation there. But that's neat. I love that. Yeah, there's so many different technicalities when it comes to, you know, labels on spirits in particular. For sure. Uh, And then the Old George Rye, is that? That's going to be one of them for sure. We carry, so our Old George Rye is going to be our house rye, you know, it's our staple rye whiskey. We make many other rye products that are different renditions of our Old George Rye whiskey, if that makes sense. Our, all of our rye whiskeys, except for our Isles of George, they're all going to be 100% rye for the main grain bill, which you don't see very often. Um, our Isles of George is actually has a 20% peated barley in it. Again, it's kind of similar to a scotch, but we didn't make it in Scotland, so you can't legally label it a scotch, right? So yeah, so I know a lot of people don't know this, but so we have a, a rye whiskey that we came out with a couple months back. And you can only buy it at our tasting rooms in particular. You cannot get it anywhere else. And it's our rye whiskey, but we aged it in a barrel that was fermented with oranges and white wine. And it is by far my favorite product we've ever made. So I I sell a lot of that. People don't know all the other products that we carry. They just, you know, see some of our main stuff in stores and they think that's, that's it. But we actually make everything from bourbon, rye whiskeys, vodkas, gins. We also make rum as well, a dark and a silver rum. The rums, are those for distribution with us? They are not. Okay. Not yet. That is, that may change at some point. So. Totally understood. That seems to be a story with a lot of um, the distilleries that we work with is we made something cool. We put in the testing room. The crowd loved it. So Mm -hmm. we figured out a way to get it to the rest of Michigan. Yes. Yep. I mean, we, we carry it all the time at all of our tasting rooms, but we just, uh, haven't uh, gotten it through the MLCC yet. I know right now we're we're actually talking about getting our cocoa bean vodka into the MLCC. So oh, that yeah, could be neat. So, I know. So our cocoa bean vodka is uh, it's our wheat vodka. It's wheat vodka based, but we essentially take a giant tea bag and we fill it with cocoa nibs and we soak our wheat vodka in it. And so it draws out all of the color from that chocolate. It's almost has like a hint of coffee into it almost. So when you see the bottle, it's it's a dark vodka. It's a brown vodka. So it's it's chocolatey. It's good. It makes for a great espresso martini, or if you like white Russians, or like a you know just a chocolate uh, martini as well. It's also really good with orange juice. Oddly enough, really, I wouldn't I know, have yeah, guessed that or one. Or cream soda. We sell the crap out of the cocoa bean vodka with just give somebody a little bit of the cocoa bean vodka and some cream soda. It tastes like a tootsie roll shot. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. That's super creative. So we've covered the the vodka, the whiskey, the old George. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I know that I see in the market the most. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that we see a lot of point of sale yeah. for. Our bourbon as well. Bourbon is huge right now. Obviously, 
Bourbon sells a lot more than rye whiskey right now. Um, it's just a trend, but it kind of like fluctuates depending on the year. But yeah, bourbon is definitely on the rise right now. Our bourbon in particular is 60% corn, 30% rye, and 10% malted barley for the grain bill. It's very good. We also make a cast strength of both our rye and our bourbon as well. Obviously, anything that's a cast strength is going to be higher than 100 proof. I know we we had a batch that just came out and it was like 130.1 proof, which is, it's that's hot. Like that's going to put some hair on your chest, but you'd be surprised at how great of a flavor it has for being such high proof. So I know I just was at the Traverse City Bourbon Festival yesterday and everyone was loving the cast drink rye whiskey. That's one of the things that I think, you know, craft distilling, especially in Michigan, the people that create the products so un- unbelievably creative with the way that they're able to, for example, you were talking about the whiskey that you guys were aging, fermented with oranges and white wine. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That The kind of stuff that you guys are coming up with is is super creative. And you're not going to find that from a giant producer. So, oh, no. yeah. so it, 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 it pays dividends uh, to uh, invest in good local craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're always trying new things, you know. Like, you know, we have a rye whiskey that we've finished in a maple syrup barrel. We've had a rye whiskey finished in a rum barrel. We're actually messing around with our gin right now in finishing it in that uh, white wine and orange barrel as well to see if that turns out pretty good. We have a gin that we age in a whiskey barrel. A lot of people like barrel finished gins. Also, one of our, this isn't out yet, but I mean, we've had, we've had rye whiskeys aged in sherry barrels, cognac barrels, you name it. One of the, it's not out yet, but one of our newer ones, I was fortunate enough to try it just last week, right out of the barrel. And it's our bourbon and we aged it in a, it's a South American barrel and it's a Burinian, Burinian barrel. Don't quote me on that. It's a hard name. Never remember it, but it's a South American (laughs) barrel. And it's it almost is like cinnamony and it's a unique barrel because that barrel in particular you can only use once so most you know barrels we can you reuse up to three times you know charred white oak barrels um this barrel in itself as soon as you put a project in it it pulls all of that flavor out and just in that one that one round so it's it does not take long to finish in that barrel and it's amazing. So I'm really excited to <laughs> release that. But I think we're gonna wait until probably the end of this year. That's that's really exciting. So your gin, are you guys? That's that's one that I've seen as well. Do mm-hmm. you uh, you guys are able to get things like juniper and, and ingredients from around Michigan? A lot of the ingredients we are obviously there are some exceptions, you know. So certain things we just cannot physically grow with our with our weather. So absolutely, well, that's the same reason that you can't get things like orange honey. Right. Like yeah. you don't grow orange yeah. trees. It, it's just not reasonable. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you do have to outsource a little bit. But um, it, the, the point is that you try, you work to find it if you have it. But that's super cool. There uh, a list of stuff that you guys put in your gin or is there flavors that you guys would want to pay attention to if you were doing a tasting or yeah, a sampling? Yeah. I guess my main thing is with our gin. So we have the two. Our, we have our peninsula gin and we have our barrel finished gin. So it's the same thing. So we're, it's just our peninsula gin finished in a whiskey barrel, right? So we actually use 50% less juniper to make our gins compared to a London dry gin. So our peninsula gin 
Some people will say it's super similar to Hendrix or Bombay gin. It is a very botanical, uh, clean gin. It's not piney, which I can't stand piney gins if you ask me. So yeah, super clean, botanical, and it has a nice citrus finish to it. It pairs insanely well with cucumber, lavender in particular. Those two drinks are, yeah. Um, our barrel finish gin is, it still has all those properties, but it has like a nice, almost like a peppery finish to it in that you get you get that flavor from it being finished in a whiskey barrel. I found that one in particular is really good in a dirty martini or a Negroni. That's fantastic. Our Chipotle vodka, we it's it's insanely good. And it's made essentially the same way that we make our cocoa bean vodka, right? So it's our wheat vodka, right? But we take another tea bag, but we fill it with Chipotle peppers. And then we soak our wheat vodka in it. Before we add some water to it to proof it down and filter all that sediment out, it is bright red. It looks like tomato juice. It's yeah. And so after the filtration process and finally when it's done and in the bottle, it's like a burnt orange color. We make our own adobe sauce that we put into it as well. And it has a nice like a chipotle pepper spice with a smoky finish. So people absolutely love them in Bloody Marys. That's what it's going to be known for. I know I've also made like a spicy margarita with it. You pair it with some pineapple juice. You'd be surprised at what you can do with that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. And coming up on uh, Cinco de Mayo, we've got mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities for some spicy, some spicy drinks opportunities. That sounds great. Yeah, it's it's unique though. That the Archipulte vodka is very unique. You will not find anything else like that on the shelf. I think it might be uh, really an, an, an intriguing sight to behold. The vat of bright red, angry looking vodka. That. Oh, yeah. I can tell you right now, it's not our distiller's favorite thing to make because it is a messy process. Well, and it probably, oh, my goodness. Do you have to wear glasses? That seems like one of those you open I it up and like you start should. crying. That's... Maybe some gloves and try not to touch your eyes. That'd be a bad day. <laughs> oh, man. Scratch your face. Well, and that with the variety of things, you know, you have the horseradish vodka and people make pickle vodka, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Jalapeno vodka, as I've seen. Jalapeno that's different spices it's a different flavor spice you know what i mean absolutely this is the this is a a a unique specific uh, make that will be somebody's taste or it's their new favorite taste they Mm -hmm. tried it for the first time right yeah so so yeah no that's that's great do you guys have any new events or anything that you guys are looking forward to in 2024 is there Anything new that you guys are looking to roll out? Well, I mean, I kind of covered some of the the products that we're, you know, in the midst of making right now. You know, as for events, you know, I'm always out and about in the state of Michigan um, doing, you know, festivals, bourbon festivals. I know I'll be at the Bourbon Bacon and Blues Festival. There's the Barley Bourbon and Beets Festival. I mean, there's like five other. It's just, it's constant. Sure. It's constant. So yeah, we're we're pretty much everywhere. And you know, we're always coming up with new special events as well. Any like new barrel picks. Well, I mean, we are a micro distillery, craft distillery. So we're small, you know, it's family owned. So and you know, I'm really I'm the only rep for this company. And so I'm doing a lot to try and, you know, spread the word about us and get people to know about, you know, our mission and land us by chance. Um, I don't think so. No. So 
It's a, it is a family-owned company. So Kent started this whole company and his son, Landis, was the head distiller. He completely took over. He made everything. And, you know, he is part of the reason why we are where we are today. And unfortunately, just last year, he was diagnosed with a really aggressive form of brain cancer. And he died within eight months of his uh, diagnosis and he was 37. And so he left a wife and three kids and his youngest was 18 months old. And so that was a really rough time for everybody, for the company and not just for Kent, but me included, everyone that worked for him, you know, um, he's a great guy and it it took a lot to kind of transition to where we're at now and getting a new distiller that we trust and know and get along with. And so, yeah, we also, I mean, with that being said, actually, um, ever since uh, Lannis's passing, um, he was working on a Irish whiskey um, right before he passed and we released it and uh, named it after him. We we named it Lando. That was his nickname he used to go by. So it's a really, really good whiskey. It's uh, 50% malt, it, malted and 50% unmalted barley for the grain bill. And wow. that's something that you can only get at our tasting rooms as well. What a, what a legacy. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's been a crazy year. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you guys are able to continue doing what you're doing and, and push forward at, in a small company. That's that's yeah. a difficult period. Well, you know, Kent's other son, Stephen, he he stepped in after the fact. And now, you know, he's taking over a lot. And Kent's other daughter is going to be coming here and she's going to help us with some other stuff coming up. And it's a it's going to be a new and exciting year. And I'm, I'm uh, excited and interested to see everything that we can get done. That's going to be great. Wow. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys hold a substantial influence when it comes to the Michigan spirits mm-hmm. uh, market, uh, culture. Yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, we, ha- we have a lot of people that say, you know, we make great products. I mean, high end products. And with that being said, you know, because we don't outsource, you know, our, our booze, we're paying more money to make our products. Because, you know, sometimes uh, buying local isn't always the cheapest decision. Let's put it that way. But we still stick with staying local, you know, regardless of the money, because that's what we care about. We we want to be able to say we make our stuff. We use local grains, everything to do it. And yeah, we're going to keep it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's supporting your neighbor down the street in a way that's impactful and meaningful. And that's that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to know like our other relationships that we have. Um, so like you'd be surprised, like all of our grain, a lot of uh, larger distilleries, they have an overabundance of mash and they don't have anywhere to put it. So, you know, you look at those larger companies like Jack Daniels, they'll just have fields of mash piled up and they have nowhere to put it. Whereas us, we actually partner with a lot of the local farms, some of them, which we do get our grains from, but one of the more well-known ones here in Traverse City is going to be Moomers. So we partner with Moomers and they will stop by every other day and they'll pick up our used mash and they'll feed it to their cows and use it as fertilizer. Cause it's, if you think about it, it's super high in protein. So yeah. And it's a great business model, you know, and uh, they're great people and they give us free ice cream every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perk of being local, right? That's uh, yeah. making sure you're a local icon. You get free ice cream sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even for like, for beer lovers out there, you know, like obviously 
at some point we have a lot of barrels that we're not using anymore. And it's like, where, where do we put those barrels? So we sell a lot of our barrels and a lot of people will buy them just to do their own DIY projects. But we actually have a, a lot of other partnerships with a lot of the breweries around town who will actually buy our barrels and our bourbon barrels in particular, and they will age like their porters or their stouts in them. So I know a particular Middle Coast Brewing Company, they, they buy our barrels to age their beers in. Very cool. Very cool. So as you're going through the market and you're looking at the shelves of Grand Traverse that exist, right? Where do you like to see it on the shelf when you go into an account that's um, off premise? Where where do you typically want to see it placed? Typically, our product is going to be on the higher shelves um, just because it's a higher end product. It's not going to be down with, you know, Tito's or, you know, Jack Daniels. It's going to be on the higher shelf. I personally, I like to see if we can get end shelves and caps. That's awesome. I know some places of ours, we have displays. I just actually refurnished two of our barrels. So I sanded it down. I decked it out, put a bunch of polyurethane over it. And then I put one of our specialty logos on it with our huge label of ours, getting more stickers printed off right now. And so beautiful barrels that are that essentially their end caps, you know, they're, they're holding our product with our barrel, huge display. So I've been trying to make a couple more of those and get those out there. But yeah, you know, that's where you're going to find it. Yeah. It's well, it's craft. You're going to find yeah. it on that top shelf. Mm-hmm. You're going to find it where, where if people are looking for the good stuff, they're going to find Grand Traverse up there. Exactly. I love it. Um, and then, you know, we have our own point of sale team here. You know, mm-hmm. we're able to make posters and yep. shelf talkers and cooler, you know, stickers, stuff like that. What kind of point of sale do you like to see in the market? Any posters or stickers or, you know, QR codes even. Like I know I have some QR codes that you can scan and you can, it'll pull up our website. Yeah, uh, for sure. I know we have some metal signs, but honestly, any any form of advertising that we can get out of that is, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. As, you know, somebody who revolves around, you know, making sure that the word is heard and we have the resources available, do you guys have any resources uh, that we could list out for our sales team? Is there a place for them to find resources if they're looking for details or... I mean, you can go to our website. Also, you can contact me because they can literally call me. I am the main person. So I'm going to be the one to answer all those questions if they have any questions at all. And uh, we talked a little bit about social media. Where can they find you? So we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for all of your time and sharing all of the information on Grand Traverse Distillery. I'm so excited for what comes next and where you guys are going. And it's going to be a great ride. I I agree. Thank you again. Hopefully I uh, spread some light (laughs) on, on our products here for everybody. For sure. And thank you for tuning into another episode of Imperial Beverage Presents Another Round. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.